Welcome back to True North Talk. This is episode 36 with your favorite hosts, Joseph Staten and Peter Burnett. In this episode, we decided not to go with a rhyme for the intro just for, I don't know, professionalism reasons, Peter, I guess you could say. But um, in this episode, we're going to be talking about something that I'm very passionate about and really enjoy discussing, which is um, knowledge and wisdom and the difference between the two and also the value of wisdom and how we can exemplify that in our lives every single day. Now, before we go ahead and read that scripture, I'm going to ask you an opening question, Peter, and you can just take this wherever you want to go with it. It's really open-ended, but how do you view the difference between knowledge and wisdom? Well, to to use, I don't want to trope on this too much, but to use the analogy I used last week, knowledge is knowing just a baseline set of information about life in general and and maybe you even have a knowledge about faith i would say again it's very base level it's you know maybe you know to use that ship analogy from last week you know where you are in the ocean but you don't really know how to get to where you want to go or you know you don't have have that map um of of where you need to go and so i think what wisdom is is it's again it's kind of this deeper understanding and this true abiding just faith in God that is provided for for each of us and that's in in the word of God as we're going to see in in several chapters in Proverbs. And so to to just shorten that up a little bit and to kind of further clarify knowledge is just knowing what you're going through in life, knowing just again that baseline information and i think wisdom is knowing maybe more how to handle those situations in life that arise and how to navigate through the the challenges in life and and even through the good times as well and how to fully appreciate those yeah absolutely and um we're going to see very soon here in the very first section that we're going to read um the prerequisite for knowledge even and it's mm-hmm. kind of going to relate to what I was, what we talked about a couple weeks ago about, you know, presupp- presuppositional apologetics, which is the idea that uh, unbelievers need to borrow from the idea that God exists, even a reason to begin with. And we're going to see that theme come up again here in Proverbs. Um, but to start us off, would you mind reading Proverbs one, verses one through seven? Of course, and I think if anybody out there is wondering what what the proverbs of, are really about, this is, I mean, it's it's how it starts, and it's literally titled "Purpose and Themes." So, here we go to get this started. The proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, for gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight, for receiving instruction in prudent behavior, doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to those who are simple knowledge and discretion to the young let the wise listen and add to their learning and let the discerning get guidance for understanding proverbs and parables the sayings and riddles of the wise and this is kind of the best i think from all of this the fear of the lord is the beginning of knowledge but fools despise wisdom and instruction Hmm. yeah that's that last verse there's kind of two parts to it right it's Mm -hmm. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of, of all knowledge, but then the second part is that fools despise wisdom and instruction. Have you seen that in your life? Because I know I definitely have. When you interact with somebody who is not, um, they're not a believer, and it's almost like the hardening of the heart situation. But yeah, it's like they despise the wisdom and the truth. They just don't want to hear it. Or I would say maybe not even they they, they don't want to in the sense of like they push it away i mean that certainly is the case and and maybe this is where we want to bring in what we had talked about before the podcast but i feel like it's more just people don't have the desire to turn to this and and again the way it's the way it's phrased here does kind of more hint towards you know when it says fools despise it does kind of lean more towards just straight up turning turning down any sort of relationship with with god um but but yeah i think i mean the first part of that is the more encouraging side of it and when it says fear here for for those who aren't as um you know familiar with the church and everything this isn't a fear in the sense of being absolutely outright terrified of god obviously because he is omnipotent there is a certain amount of 
reason for that. But really, I think this this fear is again, you know, for for those who are who have been raised in the church, you're probably familiar with this idea. But for those who aren't, it's this idea that there's such a deep abiding respect for God and just devotion to him and knowing that he is in control of all things that you have this reverent fear for him. And if you have that reverent fear, then like it says here, that's the beginning of, of knowledge and, and of wisdom, which fools despise. And again, just to wrap that up, it's whether it's straight up saying, no, I want nothing to do with that. Or whether it's just not having the willingness or the desire um, or even the knowledge of how to to turn to to what's given here as the solution. Yeah, and the fear of the like you said, it's not a it's not an overwhelming um, dread. It's you know this in this context, fear is something that that um, it commands respect. You mm-hmm. know, if you don't fear somebody who is an authority figure above you to a certain extent, you're not going to respect them because you're just going to think you can walk all over them. And as loving as God is, he's also fully just and all-powerful, like you said, omnipotent. And it is important that we fear him in a respectful manner because mm-hmm. that is the beginning of all knowledge. But, I mean, it's not even just respecting God that's going to give you knowledge. It's the understanding of the, the fundamental realities of our universe, right? And, and I've said this before, and I'll say it again, is things such as, um, you know, there's, there's an idea of the, the uniformity what is it universality of nature or uniformity of nature and yeah. it's the idea that um in order to even live our lives and just basically expect that the next minute will be like the last you know that that gravity will still be here in 10 minutes from now and that we can wake up tomorrow and the sun's going to come up why is that it's because that we have a an all you know all powerful creator who, who establishes order in our universe um something that i i oftentimes talk about when we're we're speaking about Really, anybody's worldview is you need to ask questions and figure out where they stand and what they depend on because, you know, the reality is that people depend on, you know, knowledge that comes from the Lord, whether they realize it or not. And I think a key for maybe our listeners and even maybe for you, Peter, or myself to keep in mind is, you know, the idea of evangelizing or talking to somebody about your faith. Um, it's It's more about uncovering the the person's beliefs and making them realize for themselves that either they don't have a strong standing or a strong um, foundation for their own beliefs or maybe prompting them, you know, asking them questions that lead them to see, like, hold on a second, wait. So I, I'm depending on God anyways as it stands right now, you know. And that's what this, I think that's what this verse really means is that the fear of, fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But it also means for people like you and I, Peter, um, that are are saved and we have a relationship with God um, that, you know, you have to fear the Lord and you have to respect him, which means getting in his word daily as much as you can, praying, honoring him, serving him um, and everything you do. And he will bless you with knowledge and wisdom and, and something that um, I'm not sure if it's, if it's going to be in the scripture we're going to go over today, but Solomon would pray for wisdom and understanding above, above all else. And God blessed him for that and gave him wisdom. And wisdom is really a powerful thing in life. I mean, you can have, and maybe you can give me your thoughts on this, but I mean, you can have no money, you can have no material possessions or status, but if you have wisdom, you know, you can go really far in life. You can start from ground zero and just go really far because you're able to make good judgments and good decisions with your life, which is really what it takes for success. Definitely, yeah. I I think wisdom is is the key that, allows you to unlock life's, you know, mysteries and and challenges. And I think the key is, you know, and I'm sure you would agree with this. The key is the, the word of God. That's what, Mm -hmm. that's what opens that, that door to, to those, those questions in life and to those challenges. Um, And yeah, I mean, we've talked about this before. So many people try to turn to, you know, even, you know, you look at a book that we, we both love, which is, and that we both have, have read and have gained so much from um, Think and Grow Rich, which in some areas pulls, you know, ideas with a scriptural fa- scriptural foundation. But at the end of the day, even when you go to 
you know, motivating self-help books like that, it still isn't as fulfilling and universally applicable as the Word of God is. Mm -mm. And I feel like that's what makes the Word of God so special is because all it really takes is a little bit of effort and having that desire and commitment to actually spend time. And that's the other thing too. You, you can't achieve wisdom just like that with a snap of your finger. It's not like it's a, a genie in a bottle you just wish for. It, it does take some work and, and I don't want to minimize that and just say that it's, it's easy. All you got to do is, is read a couple Bible verses and you're going to suddenly be imparted with wisdom but it, it again, it takes a little bit of work, but if you're willing to put in that little bit of work, and honestly, again, I don't want to minimize it, but it doesn't take all that much. I think it takes, first of all, a true, genuine commitment to it, to being, being in the Word, to being in prayer, to really soaking up. And that's another thing I love to advocate for, is just being a sponge in, in every situation, even if it's... You know, even if it's a bad example, you want to learn and soak that up and be like, this is something I don't want to do. And then obviously so many more positive things and lessons that you learn in life, you want to be a sponge and soak those up. And so I think by, by doing that and again, having that genuine commitment, that genuine interest in faith and in passages like what we're going to read here, you will find that wisdom because this is the blueprint for life. Yeah. This is the map. Yeah, actually, real quick, too, I just want to make a point here. I'm going to jump around, actually, to 18 right now because it reminded me okay. of what you just said. Um, but, you you know, you said it takes work to obtain wisdom, and that's that's so true. And I, I think that's because you actually have to want wisdom. Like, you can say you mm -hmm. want wisdom, you can pray about it, but do you really want it? Uh, because uh, this reminds me of a conversation we had uh, maybe about a week ago about, you know, just the disconnect that sometimes happens when you are somebody who has faith and, and has wisdom, you know, sometimes you can feel disconnected from a majority of individuals who are your age, right? Mm -hmm. We were talking about that. And yeah, it's, it's because most people who are our age are, you know, kind of worldly and want to chase after these things. And you have to ask yourself, do you really want wisdom? Because mm -hmm. it will set you apart and you will not be able to fit in with every, everybody. I mean, being a believer as well, obviously, but, um, it's going to set you apart in some ways. So you have to ask yourself, um, do you really want it? And I think a, a relevant verse for that is here, 18. I'm just going to go ahead and read 21 through 24, but especially 24. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. The poor use entreaties, but the rich answer roughly. A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And I think, Peter, uh, a common fear from Christians, I see it all the time, is that you don't get that worldly approval, right? Um, people seek that worldly approval even after they are saved, and they feel bad because not everybody likes them in the world. But that is just an endless cycle of seeking approval, and you'll never get enough. And an interesting thing that I've... Um, I was talking about it in my life group, I think, last week was um, if you're seeking that approval from the world, they're going to want you to compromise in your faith. And the second you compromise, it's like when you give an inch, the world will take a mile. Mm -hmm. um, and there's just no winning. So um, back to your original point, it takes work, but you actually have to want wisdom because it comes with consequences, good and what some think is bad, but it's really not bad. Um, but I don't know just if you have any thoughts on that. Cause I know we were talking about that, about, you know, just people and in, in our age and not necessarily fitting in sometimes and just kind of how that can make you feel at times. Yeah. I mean, it can definitely make you feel a little bit like an outcast, you know, different, different from everybody else. And I know, I know sometimes a thought that has sometimes crept into my mind a little bit is, you know, am I missing out on, on you know what the world sees as, as fun or enjoyable or success but through conversations that i've had with you joe conversations with other people that are close to me especially my family and my parents and and being spending time in the word and seeing seeing also what some of the you know side effects are to pursuing what the world considers to be fulfilling through all of that 
I've kind of found that I'd rather feel, you know, a little little awkward at times, a little out of place in this life and and stand up for something too. And at the at the end of my life and then obviously at the the real end of the line after I, you know, after whenever the time is, I pass away and go to heaven. I'd rather go through the the awkwardness in in stages throughout my life and fe- maybe feeling a little bit of that worldly regret than look back at the end of my life and be like did I did I live my life for God? You know cuz yeah. that, that's those are sort of questions that arise for people who are in in that final stage of life. Well, is I- what what did I do with my life, basically? Yeah, I, and I want to say this humbly, but I will say, as time goes on, um, I realize more and more that, like, our friendship is very rare. You know, mm-hmm. people just don't have the bond that we have, and, and the, it's nothing of ourselves. You know, the bond that Peter and I have, of course, there's a certain degree of chance and, you know, everything. We just happened to go to high school together and all that, played baseball, but that's how we met. But at the end of the day, our relationship is what it is because of our commitment to the Lord together. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's truly something that's not common, hmm. you know, people have friends and, and I've, you know, I talked to a person not too long ago and they were sharing with me that they just feel like, uh, they can't trust their friends. They always let them down. You know, they, at the end of the day, just no matter what it is, they always find a way to let them down. And I'm like, well, you know, why is that? Why do you think that is? And I knew it was big, you know, I knew what it was, but I was trying hmm. to get him to tell me himself what the issue was. And the issue is that, you know, if somebody does not have that faith, you really, I don't know, you just cannot fully trust them, you know, because you just never know. They're going to, they're, they're fallen creatures as we are, but they don't have that um, ultimate calling that we have to live for Christ. And when you're talking about fitting in with the world and maybe not having as, as many number wise, of friends or at least people our age, um, you have to keep in mind that I, I want to encourage our listeners too. if somebody's in this position, cause I felt like this in the past. Um, you know, it's, you need to seek out those relationships that are people who share your same passion for Christ. And when you do that, you know, you will true, your life will change because I can truly say that like my life has changed in the, pa- the past year and a half when we started getting a lot closer. Um, it's just, it's definitely changed my life. Like it's in many ways, it has been a huge, just, I don't know. It's, it's like, you know, having somebody to encourage you in your walk with God and and vice versa. It's just an incredible thing. Yeah. And I mean, first of all, like, like you said, I'm always grateful for this. And like I said before the podcast, I think it's something that we won't fully be able to appreciate either until, until we're, we're old, you know, and, and gray, hopefully if, if, if the Lord allows us to to work, do his work for that long. But, you know, it's something I don't know if we'll really, you know, be able to fully quantify and express how much it meant and how important it was until, you know, we reach, reach that end point. But I I think also what kind of set the foundation in, I was going to mention this in the last episode and I didn't end up saying it during the episode, but we definitely talked about it afterwards is, yeah, sure. We we went to the to 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 the same high school for for a year. Joe was Joe was a senior and I was a junior. Um, but really, where where that I think we first really connected was actually in a a faith exper- experience. It was, and I'm not saying a faith experience like some you know magic show type thing. Not not that sort of experience, but um, it was you know spiritual emphasis retreat. It was something that our school did every year kind of early in the year, like late, mid to late September. Such a and, vibe. And the message. It was yeah. such a vibe. <laughs> it was. It was It was a really, really fun time. I mean, it was, that I has felt to like be it one, was honestly, the perfect bro, like, mix. If not the most, like top three memories from Liberty. Definitely. It's yeah, that, that along with, with maybe, maybe not for the, for all of the, the, the best reasons, but uh, homecoming as well was, was another moment where we just kind of were able to, to get closer to each other. But um, really, really where it started was with that spiritual emphasis retreat and Cornell Jordan's message about being committed. And that's, I think that stuck with both of us 
you you had to remind me the other day what what the exact topic was but once once you said that i was like duh as you're you wearing know, the shirt possibly exactly literally so i was wearing the shirt <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that's even that's just crazy thinking about that like the fact that that one message we're still talking about it to this day seven years later exactly you know and, and it's just the the inc- just incredible reality of of god's power and how he orchestrates our lives yep it's just it's unbelievable it really is unbelievable, but I actually want and to segue that's real what quick, it takes. unless you had one more thing you want to say. I was just going to say, I mean, this might segue anyways as well, but that's that commitment is what it takes to find true wisdom in, in God. Yeah, it takes commitment. And you, like I said, you have to actually want it. But mm-hmm. um, I'm going to tie this into something we were talking about before the podcast. Um, and that's the difference between worldly wisdom and godly mm-hmm. wisdom and Peter, you can go ahead and explain if you want the, the clip that you shared with me, and then I'll go ahead and play it, and we'll talk about it. But just want to give some background on the the Jake Paul situation. Yeah, and and this is a topic that I, I think we've touched on a little bit before, if not over a full episode, definitely in bits and pieces across episodes. But it's this idea that the world often turns to the wrong things to fill this void. And again, to give a little bit of background in the latest episode. Um, of impulsive Jake Paul Logan Paul's brother younger brother was was talking about how you know based on on how they were raised and everything they you know Jake Jake expressed and I'm sure I think Logan probably agreed that they felt this this void and something something that Jake Paul said and I think it might be in the clip that we play or maybe it's it happened just before but saying that like sometimes you don't really know why you're hurting but all of us deep down inside are hurting and have a void and that's just i mean that's a result of sin that's a result of the human race falling short of of god's holy standard a a standard that none of us can reach but i mean obviously praise praise be to god and the sacrifice of jesus christ we have a way to overcome that but yeah that's that's just kind of the quick background i'll I'll let i'll let jake explain how, how how kind of the world feels about having that void and how they fill it yeah, so this is on, like Peter was saying, on Impulsive, the Logan Paul's podcast. And just keep in mind as you're listening to this, maybe think of some ideas um, about the difference between worldly wisdom, because he's going to list some ways of the world that we that people would claim to be wise, but just the difference between worldly wisdom and godly wisdom. But to, you, don't, you don't have to feel hurt to be hurt. A lot of people don't even realize why they're drinking or doing drugs or all of these things. There's a void, and that, that void comes from hurt. And so they're just filling it up. Even other people, going on dates with people, having sex with people, that is filling a void to make yourself feel better about yourself. And there was this cold lack of emotion growing up. I didn't even know what emotions were. We never had an emotional conversation with either one of our parents. We, did, we talked about this on the plane ride back, yeah. about how it affected just when you became the problem child. Yeah, We were talking about just how how much trouble you were really getting into at that age and you sort of just being numb to emotion and, and following along and wanting to just fit in with your friends who were doing gnarly shit. Yep. Yep. To escape. To escape from you know, and to, to gain back control in my own life and to like have freedom to just be me instead of living in this sort of tyrannical prison of our dad's house. Ironically, you're kind of doing similar practices now in the opposite end of the scale. Correct? Like, I really admire these uh, disciplines you've put on yourself this year, 2023, that, that, are, that are really, really hard and admirable. Um, yeah. Right? I mean, I'll let you say them, but right? No, no drinking. Yeah. No, no sex. Yep. No drinking, no sex. Um, no watching porn, like, to masturbate or anything like that. Um, daily meditation like 20 to 45 minutes um tons of books tons of talks um with my life coach slash therapist Susie um on a daily basis we talk for probably about an hour every single day understanding like emotional intelligence self-love all of these things that I've to love myself Okay, so he said his goal is to love himself. 
And uh, I'm going to let you speak what you want to speak on all that. But just really quickly, remind me of what we talked about last week. Maybe it was a week before. Um, but just the fact that, like, loving yourself as a goal in itself, as an end, you know, a means to an end. You can't love yourself if you don't love God. And something that sticks out to me is, you know, you're having an hour every single day with a life coach. Well, what position is this person in to help you out themselves? Like, wh- what is their, you know, what are their credentials? It's it's just another fallen human being who's sinful, who's probably lost. I, I doubt she's a Christian. Um, but, you know, it's just the difference between worldly wisdom. We can read all the books we want. We can do all these disciplines all we want. But you're missing the point. And I, I, I sometimes wonder if, you know, people like Jake Paul and Logan Paul, because as you know, Peter, Logan Paul has, has repeatedly made fun of Christianity. Mm-hmm. Um even though he claims to believe in God and, and there's been some moments even where he's, he's opened up about the fact that, you know, some tenets he really fully believes in and he kind of has that status quo societal answer of, Oh, you know, I, I just don't believe in it because the Bible has been, you know, so many different versions of it. And, you know, if God was loving, how could he possibly hate homosexuality? Like the, the typical answers that at a very, it just takes a very minimal amount of study to realize that, these things are, are understandable and very explainable. Um, but it's just, it's almost like, and you can tell me if you agree with this or not, but people will do anything. Like, they will do absolutely anything to just avoid the submission to God. Mm-hmm. It's like pushing that ball down. I'll keep using the analogy. You're in the pool, you're, you're on top of a ball, and it's, it keeps trying to pop up out of the water. You keep trying to hold it down. And I just feel like that's what Jake Paul and other people are doing when they're doing all these disciplines, but they're missing the whole point. They're just missing the point. Yeah. What I would say, what kind of stuck with me, and, and there's, I mean, there's a couple of points. There's a lot of things you could break down from, from this clip, but I think for me, one thing that he said about escaping is something that also kind of stuck with me. I feel like the world is so quick to and this is this is an idea that kind of I think is can be fixed obviously by faith and in Christianity, but it's an issue that I think you could talk about in terms of motivation and, and self-help and everything. Um but this just idea that people are too afraid to actually deal with their problems head on and really, you know, and I think the best way to address that is instead of a life coach, I mean, the best way is to, to, you know, look out those things that maybe you're struggling with, because I would say the, the struggles that we go through while they're modern and they're maybe framed in a different way, you could probably find a Bible character, a, you know, a person in the Bible. I don't want to say Bible character because that makes it sound like it's a fictional story, which it obviously isn't. Um, but a figure from the Bible who went through those same or similar struggles, you know, even like I, th- I feel like the big one that a lot of people deal with in so many different ways is um, is like depression. And you look at, I feel like David is probably the best example of this in the Psalms. And how he just cried out to God. He felt this anguish and this emptiness at times. And so I feel like Psalms are an answer for that. But while, while so many people turn to what he, what, what Jake Paul did and what so many others that, you know, I mean, the, the, the world in general turns to is those drugs and alcohol and sex and, and porn and all those different sort of, you know, quote unquote solutions, which we obviously know are not long term solutions and really even short term solutions in many ways. Um, and sometimes I mean they create bigger problems than the ones that they're trying to fix. But a lot and a lot of that again is because people try to escape instead of you know, even if cause cause some people maybe aren't wired and again I think this can be solved by actually truly devoting time to it. But people are afraid to just turn turn to God and turn to the Word. And so even if, if that's you and you're listening to the podcast and you're like, I've tried that before, I, I would encourage you to really just slow down, stop whatever you're doing when you're dealing with either a 
sinful desire or with feelings of anxiety or depression or just, you know, whatever problem you're facing, stopping in, in the best way that you can. I know we all have such busy lives and everything, but stopping as you can to really sit down to search in prayer to to help from, from God, to, to cry out to him, to put your effort forth to find that that problem in the bible because there i mean really i i I would i want to say always will be a solution to that problem but even if that's if if that's not your your style and again i think it takes a little bit of effort for that to be something that works works for everybody because i think it is something that can work for everybody with a little bit of effort but instead of going to like a life coach like like even i think that's a positive step for for jake and for other people who do that it's a step in the right direction it's not it's not all the way there but obviously it's much more productive than getting caught up in the drugs and the alcohol and all of those things but i think obviously an even better solution would be going to a either a pastor or maybe a mentor in the church or if you are blessed with family members who you know are devoted to God and who truly have that relationship those are people that you can turn to so for, i mean first of all the easiest one because those people don't always have you know uninhibited time to to have a conversation with you the best way is to instead turn to to God's word because truly, I mean, it's like like we've said already, it is a blueprint, it's a map, and if you think there's a problem that wasn't an issue during Bible times, I can assure you that in some form of another it was. And so turning turning to God, I would say, is the answer. I know that sounds like a, such a Sunday school Bible answer, but it, it does take a little bit of work, but if you're willing to put in that work, you will find answers. It takes humility really more than anything else, you know? Hmm. Um, and something that reminds me of is in the video I put up on the True North YouTube channel, which, by the way, if you're not subscribed, go subscribe to the True North YouTube channel. Me, me and Peter are going to be going crazy on there. So Definitely. pay attention to that. Lots of content to come. Um, <laughs> very exciting. But in my recent video on True North, I was talking about Hebrews 4.12. Um, and it says, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. And when Jake Paul goes to a life coach for an hour a day, and she's not preaching or, or telling about the word of God, basically what he's doing is he, is he is avoiding the real issue and really, you know, taking, doing what he could do very quickly and, and just dragging it out for a long, 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 long time. Whereas, like you said, if he went to a pastor... Or, you know, some, like you said, a mentor. I mean, I, I have people in my life that I can depend on who I know are, are very strong men of God. And, you know, they they have the word within them and, and they live it out. And the fact, you know, when if I go to them and ask them a question, they're going to tell me the truth because the word is sharper than a double-edged sword. And, you know, if Jake Paul were to go to a, a strong man of God, not, not a... Uh, a hedonistic or materialistic or superficial pastor in LA, in Los Angeles that preaches about God as love and you know says that you know you can marry gay people in the church and that you know that Jesus was transgender. Um, <laughs> if he goes to an actual <laughs> pastor that knows the word, his issues could be solved within a, maybe maybe a little bit longer, but you know our conversation. You know that they can the word is alive. And it, it will penetrate the soul and divide the soul and spirit. And Jake Paul, and anybody really, um, his issues can be solved with God. We, like you said, we all have that void that it's a God-shaped hole in our in our life, and people just mm-hmm. don't want to submit to the Lord. It's you know they suppress the truth, as Romans says. Um, and there's also a quote I want to read, and it says this is from James B. Shaw. Morality without religion is a tree without roots, a stream without a spring to feed it, a house built on the sand, a pleasant place to live and a pleasant place to live in until the heavens grow dark and the storm begins to beat. And that's kind of it's kind of on the heels of last week's conversation, right? I mean, mm-hmm. the storms will come and sure, when you're feeling good, you know, 
doing yoga and meditating and reading books from other human beings who really don't have any <laughs> superior knowledge a lot of the times that can help you feel good when everything's okay but when a pleasant you know, when, when the heavens grow dark and a storm begins to beat morality without religion is a tree without roots and this worldly wisdom is not going to sustain you so um i mean that's really the message is that you know people who they want to borrow from God. They want to borrow the good things, not give him any credit, and suppress the truth within themselves. Because they know, I think really the issue, maybe with Jake Paul and just a lot of people who are worldly, is they know deep down that if they were to submit to God, they have to change their life. And they're going to have to rebuild their friend circle, maybe some of their family. You know, They're going to have to take a lot of crap from other people who they've been around for years. They're going to criticize them for you know, not drinking maybe or not partying anymore or just not living a certain way. They're going to face criticism. It's a big change. Um, and I think people are fearful of that. So I don't know if you have any other finishing comments on that before we move on uh, and read some more Proverbs, but that's kind of my thoughts on the whole situation. No, I, I just think, yeah, everybody who doesn't turn to God has, has some sort of excuse and... I think for for whatever reason that they might have just lack the desire to to turn to something that yeah like you said it might might make them uncomfortable make them make some adjustments in life but I mean we both know that this this word of God and a relationship is life-giving and it provides mm-hmm. so much joy and encouragement and peace and fulfillment and even when there are tough times in life we know that we'll, you know, to, to use the ship analogy again from last week, we'll have a map and crewmates around us who are faith-oriented people as well to help us navigate through those storms. So that's yeah. that's how I would how would, I would sum that up. It's just people don't have, you know, they come up with all kinds of excuses not to do it, and all they really need is one reason, and that's to find hope and peace and joy. And fulfillment, real fulfillment. Yeah, absolutely. And um, it's, it, you know, something I've noticed even with unbelievers is when you speak that life into them um, and you speak the word and you speak the truth, there are, there are a certain amount of people who when you talk to them, they will seek it out. You know, mm-hmm. I, I have a couple people at, you know, my workplace that sometimes we have conversations about God and they've shared, you know, their... Um, skepticisms with me and just their standpoints, but I can tell there's a curiosity within them because I, I I think that they, you know, I know that they see something within me that, that is life. It's life giving and people will respond. I mean, even Jake Paul, I guarantee you, if somebody, if I had a conversation with Jake Paul, I'm pretty confident that he would leave that conversation at least a little bit, um, you know, consider what I told him and maybe would make him think because, you know, it's, I'm sure somebody like him has experienced the, the the complete ups and downs in life. I mean, he's had everything, you know, fame, money, women, success, you know, um, everything. And for somebody in his position, it just goes to show you, you can have all the success in the world, but if you don't have God, you're, you're going to be empty. Um, mm-hmm. But I think something to keep in mind, like I said, is when you're talking to other people about God, just have confidence and, and believe what the word says and, and know that it is life giving and, and it might not be comfortable to have those conversations, but, um, you know, me, me and Peter were talking, well, I don't know if it was on the podcast or not, but like, you know, one day when we get to heaven, we want to, you know, the goal is that we, you know, look at each other, maybe look at God and then know that we led a lot of people toward him and made a genuine impact. And that's really what matters. It's hard. Mm -hmm. It's easy to lose sight of that, but that's really what matters in this life. So we don't um, do, we don't do this for clicks. What we're talking about here in episode 36 <laughs> is, is having conviction. He brought out the rhymes 40 minutes into the episode. I had to. I had to. You love to see it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, moving along, I, I'm just going to go ahead and move to four, Proverbs 14, Peter. Mm-hmm. And I can read. I'll take 16 through 25, and you just want to take 25 through 36. Sounds good. Okay, cool. One who is wise is cautious and turns away from evil, but a fool is reckless and careless. 
A man of quick temper acts foolishly, and a man of evil of evil devices is hated. The simple inherit folly, but the prudent are crowned with knowledge. The evil bow down before the good, the wicked at the gates of the righteous. The poor is disliked by even his neighbor, but the rich has many friends. Whoever despises his neighbor is a sinner, but blessed is he who is generous to the poor. Do they not go astray who devise evil? Those who devise good meet steadfast love and faithfulness. In all toil there is profit, but mere talk tends only to tends only to poverty. The crown of the wise is their wealth, but the folly of fools brings folly. A truthful witness saves lives, but one who who breathes out lies is deceitful. And just real quick before we move on, um, yeah, I'm not sure if anything stuck out to you, but something that stuck out to me was uh, those who devise good meet steadfast love and faithfulness. Yep, and same for me. Is that what stuck out to you as well? Yep, exactly. Do you have anything you want to say about that? I mean, I think it just it goes to what we were talking about. Those who plan what is good find love and faithfulness, and what is good is a pursuit of God. And, and in that pursuit of God, we talked about this last week as well, you're going to, when you pursue those things, and, and this gets to the point of trying to love yourself more as well, like we talked about last week, even kind of that selfish desire when you plan what is good, that's and, – and also another note I have here is find love and faithfulness, but it also says or show. And so when you plan what is good, and again, that comes from pursuing God and letting that guide your steps and your plans in life. Because really at the end of the day, it's not our plan or even really our steps. It's – I guess you could say it is our steps, but it's God – giving giving the plan for our lives and if we follow that then we're going to find that love and faithfulness and we're going to find like we talked about last week those fruits of the spirit so yeah that's that verse that especially that second half of the verse obviously the first half kind of provides the antithesis of that but the second half is is some really good stuff and um you know the, the right picking up in the next one all hard work brings a profit i think that's a theme that you know, a lot of people don't always take from a biblical perspective, just that idea of hard work, but that's definitely something for me, you know, growing up, I think it's, it's my dad's life verse, and I think it's Colossians 3.17, but I'm, I'm going to try to find it so I can read the, I'll look it up for the exact word for word, but, but okay, basically what it says is, you know, whatever you do, do it all, all for the Lord, and so those, those are kind of two, I would say, takeaways, but I mean, yeah, and whatever Every you do, whether in, in Proverbs. Wo- whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Amen. And I mean, the every every verse in Proverbs is so rich with wisdom and, and just that knowledge, deeper knowledge about about who God is and who he desires for us to be. Um, but, but out of all those verses, I think those are probably what stood out to me. The first couple of verses as well, 16 and 17, Wise fear the, the wise fear the Lord and shun evil, but a fool is hot-headed and fe- yet feels secure. A quick-tempered person does foolish things, and the one who devise, devises evil schemes is hated. Um, I think that shows that you know self-control is, is is very important and is a again it's one of the fruits of the spirit that we get from planning what is good. Yeah, and it's something that we really can't experience without without the Holy Spirit. You know, mm-hmm. um, something I always love. I don't know. I feel like that verse about steadfast love and faithfulness for those who devise good, I feel like that's why I get excited about um, building something to honor God, you know, because you just know that's that's coming. I mean, Peter and I were talking about, you know, we have some a lot of ideas regarding just, I don't know, business and things we want to do creatively in our lives, but especially with True North, um, that is something that, you know, we're going to keep working and building because... We truly believe that, you know, it is our purpose to to spread the gospel, you know. And it really is. I mean, every individual, every person on earth, their purpose is to serve God, whether they discover that or not during their lifetime. Hopefully they do. And that's what we hope to do is, is help people discover that. But for us as well, I mean, that's it, it brings love and it brings peace and faithfulness and really the fruit of the Spirit. There's really nothing more fulfilling than, than serving God. Uh, we just had a moment after the podcast last week. We were just in awe of God's, you know, presence. And 
just the beauty of what comes from submitting yourself to, to God. And it's something that I want to encourage anybody listening who's not saved is um, there truly is something special about having that relationship with God. And it's, it's not, it's not all, you know, religion and, and rules and judgment and all this, all these things you hear about Christianity. It really is a relationship. Hmm. That's why I try to try to distinguish when people say religious and religion. I'm like, I don't, I don't yep. know about religion. All I know about is relationship, you know? Yep. I'm not sitting I'm not sitting here worried about how many times I wear a suit to church or whether I sit a certain way or what music they're playing. I don't care about any of that. I mean, all I care about is is the word and and that relationship with God because it brings so many good things um mm-hmm. and it's nourishing to the soul. Yep. You know, man cannot live on every, you know, bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. I, that's a verse that really sticks with me consistently because it fills our soul. Um, and if people only realize the irony that they think that they're losing everything by submitting to God, but really Jesus said, if you lose my life, if you lose your life for my sake, you'll gain life. And it's mm-hmm. so true. Yeah. So do you want to move on to the, the last section there? Or did you have anything else to say? It's really up to you. I had, I had something, but it just slipped my mind. Maybe Can come you, back to it. If you want to read. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it'll come back or, or if you want to quickly, you know, just kind of summarize what what you just what you just talked about there, like just like a point point or two ago. Um, I mean, just saying, like, you know, God's God's uh, faithfulness is very apparent when you honor Him in your life, and mm-hmm. you know, it's <laughs> there's nothing else I'd rather do. Mm-hmm. Um, and something I, I don't know, I, I, even at work, some of the conversations I have with people, you know, they're like, you know, <laughs> some people. It just depends who you talk to, but some people like they'll they'll say, you know, I'm I'm sold out for God and that's all I care about. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, real, yeah, I'm not gonna deny it. Hmm. You know, it, it truly is. I mean, you can you know joke about it, whatever you want to do. I, I personally don't care because I know if, at the end of the day, what I'm doing is I'm, you know, encouraging others to to fulfill their purpose, <laughs> whether they realize it or not. Right. But yeah, just to su- I mean, to summarize, like I was saying, just you know, it's it's immeasurable the amount of blessings that come from pursuing God with all your heart. Definitely. Yeah. I'll, I'll just get, get into verse 26 here, picking up in 14, whoever fears the Lord has a secure fortress and for their children, it will be a refuge. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life, turning a person from the snares of death. A large population is a King's glory, but without subjects, a prince is ruined. Whoever is patient has great understanding, but one who is quick-tempered displays folly. A heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. Whoever oppresses the poor shows contempt for their maker, but whoever is kind to the needy honors God. When calamity comes, the wicked are brought down, but even in death the righteous seek refuge in God. Wisdom reposes in the heart of the discerning, and even among fools she lets herself be known. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin condemns any people. A king delights in a wise servant, but a shameful servant arouses his fury. Mm. Yeah, I mean, what sticks out to you from that? I think... I know 26 does to me. Okay. I would say probably... Probably 33 through 35... Hmm. Yeah, 34. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. And um, like I was, the thing that stuck out to me, I guess it's 27. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life that mm-hmm. one may turn away from the snares of death. I mean, I think that just underlines everything we're saying about life, right? Speaking life. Definitely. Making that apparent. Whenever you speak about the word, you're speaking life. And you have confidence in that. Definitely. And I think for me, verse 33, wisdom reposes in the heart of the discerning and even among fools, she lets herself be known. I think that touches on what we were talking about that I I think people have this understanding, people that are worldly and separated from God, which is what all of us are, obviously, before we turn to God. I think it shows even among fools, she lets herself be known. It's 
everybody has access to the word of God. Yeah. Or or at least some evidence of a creator. You know, there are people in in island nations and in, in deep in you know, in maybe like the the Sahara Desert or, or in in the uh jungles across Africa and South America and and even you know, maybe deep in Siberia or something like that. I know the the common kind of stereotype is talking about, you know, deep in the jungle, but really there are people across the world who probably don't have, well, actually I know who don't yet have the word of God in their own language. Um, but even, even among fools, and that's, that's what all of us are without God. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you and I included Joe, that's, we're, we're never here to put ourselves on any sort of higher pedestal. We are fools without God, without wisdom that comes from, from discerning, as it says here, having a, a heart that is discerning, um, and, and discerning to me, let me know if you kind of think of it as a different definition or or, or whatever, or if you have like the, you know, real like base definition for it. Yeah. But to, for, to me, dis- discerning is like searching out in, in every situation, searching out wisdom. And obviously for for us and what the goal of this podcast is, is to provide Really, I mean, really, the Word of God, which in turn provides answers to how to be more discerning and to find that wisdom. But yeah, I think that's what sticks out to me is that it's it's available to everybody. And like we already talked about earlier on the episode, some people, I mean, a lot of people, most really most people, you know, narrow narrow is the gate that narrow is the way that leads leads to life, but wide is the road that leads to death and destruction. Mm. Um. And, and but it doesn't it doesn't take much, you know. Again, it does take effort, but it's available to everybody, yeah. every single person. And and I'm not going to get into um, free will versus predestination, but what I'm going to say here is we don't know if if predestination is indeed the the answer to that question. Even if that is the case, no human knows who God has chosen. And if yeah. we all have free will, and again, I think there's kind of a, a balance between the two, but that's a different different topic for a different time. Um, but we all have the answer provided in in the Word of God, and I would say even in creation. Yeah, yeah, and it's, it's apparent. It, it just it takes it takes a discerning heart to actually go after that. Yeah, and it's discernment, you know, you asked about the definition, you know, there's two definitions here on, on Oxford. The first one is the ability to judge well, so it's an ability, and mm-hmm. not necessarily wisdom, which is kind of, a, you know, the knowledge, and, and I guess maybe acting it out, but the ability to judge well. And the second one is perception in the absence of judgment with a view to obtaining spiritual guidance and understanding in Christian context. And that's, I think, a gift that God gives is discernment. You know, it, there is a, an aspect of spiritual discernment you know it's not something that's purely logical or something that you're assessing situations logically sometimes the lord will nudge you a certain direction to give you discernment um and i I think that really requires being in tune with the holy spirit and making your allowing your body to be a temple for the spirit you know and and it will it will guide you it will will give you discernment and it's something that you need to pray for and ask for and seek the lord on but um it is a truly great gift i think that i've experienced it at, at times in my life um, I, I, I pray for it often. And it's something also, you know, when I hear other people, they share their lives with me and I just cannot, I, I don't know if it be, if it is because, you know, I, I've prayed for that and, and the Lord has been faithful and given me some discernment in my life. Um, I say that very humbly, but you know, just listening to other people share their life experiences and I just, I don't understand sometimes, um, some of the the way people structure their lives and then they wonder why certain things happen the way they do. Like, for example, if you're somebody who's seeking like a life partner, you know, I, I heard somebody share a story with me the other day about the fact that they met, you know, they're going to ask this girl out that they met at a bar or, or like a strip club. And it's like, <laughs> you, you know, you have to wonder, um, does that person have discernment? Because are you going to find somebody that you want to be with at a strip club? Um, or if you're running around to the bars every weekend with your friends and going clubbing, you know, is that going to set yourself up for success in the future? I mean, you know, and this is something, 
most people, I feel like younger people would be like, oh, it's not that serious. But I mean, it really is. You know, your life decisions matter. And having discernment about how you're structuring your life is so important. Um, but you have to desire it. You know, wisdom and discernment is not something that is just going to be given to you. And kind of circling back to the original point about, um, uh, maybe not the original point, but the second point about Jake Paul and worldly wisdom is that the world can offer some wisdom. I mean, even if you read, um, if you read up on secret societies, which, which I enjoy reading up on, but there's a lot of enlightened knowledge and wisdom and, and secrets about the world and the universe that you can find outside of the word of God. But the issue is like that quote said, you know, when the heavens fall dark, that house is not going to stand and you're going to be in the middle of a storm with no guidance and, and no safety, safety net. Um, it's like having a, having, having a form of godliness, but de- denying the power thereof. It's, that was actually a quote, I think maybe from revelation talking about the end times, people will basically take tenets from God without giving him all the glory or submitting to him. And I think that's kind of what we're seeing. And, and maybe just to sum everything up, um, from this episode, in my opinion, and you can give your, your final verdict, Peter, but this is something we all need to be praying for is wisdom and discernment. And it's such a blessing. Um, it is so rich. It's life giving. It gives you peace. It gives you tranquility, um, steadfast love and faithfulness. It's something that we all need to be praying for consistently. And, um, it's just something that's necessary, I believe, to really navigate this life efficiently and well and not make too many mistakes. Definitely. And one, one quick thing on the, on the life partner point. I mean, it's from what we read earlier, eighteen twenty-two. he who finds a wife finds what is good and receives favor from the Lord. And I, I know last week when, when we, when I was talking about that, that ship analogy, I, I kind of thought about this later in the week. You know, I talked about having, having a first mate. I feel like at this point in my life right now, because of how close we are as, as friends and really as, as brothers in, in Christ, you, you right now are that first mate for me who really is second to, to God and the faith that I have as that map are really the one that are helping me to steer through, through my life right now, through the challenges that arise and, and with, you know, as an encouragement when, when good times are happening too. But Really, as we go through our lives, it will be our wives who are that first mate. I, I, I believe for for both of us. Yeah, and so, yeah, I design. just wanted to exactly. I just wanted to stress the importance of that. As you mentioned, you know, looking, I kind of you know was was kind of chuckling as you were saying that of trying to find a devoted life partner in a strip club. Uh, it's so it, you're it's telling what me the world you would not go to a strip to. club, Peter, to, to find your wife. <laughs> Not in my own free will, no. <laughs> Bro, imagine the irony if you somehow ended up in a strip club just by chance and met a wife that was just happened to be there one day. We're going to come I, back to this episode. I would maybe question her her faith if that was the case, <laughs> and, and honestly, my own as well, because that's, that's the situation. Maybe there was like a natural disaster, and they, they had a shelter in place, and they forced everybody into a strip club, and then you met her there. Maybe in that very <laughs> unlikely situation, that would probably be probably be the only only reason I would find to to do that. But true one off scenario for real. It's for all real. I mean it's all in good fun, but clearly joking about that. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, but, but no, yeah, you're I mean right. the the importance of that is is so key, and it's having somebody like that. And for for me and you right now, especially, it's. You know, when you're around other people who have that godly wisdom as well, you're going to be able to build on your own and you're going to be able to take from what they've experienced in their lives. And instead of taking worldly wisdom from, you know, like we talked about earlier in the episode, life coaches or even, you know, a book that has some some biblical themes like a thing can grow rich. Like, like you said, those are those aren't going to have long term answers and solution and provide real deep abiding wisdom. But if you have. And this is kind of my way of wrapping this up too, I think, unless you still wanted to go read any other any other passages that we had picked out. But it's, um, you know, having those people around you who are entrenched in the same godly wisdom as what you have and have that same desire to continue to grow in that too. Because by no means 
are me and Joe at a point where we've got nothing else left to learn. We are far from it. It's not it's something close. that yeah, not even close. I mean, and really, even at the end of our lives, we won't fully be able to have learned everything from the Bible. But right. what what we both do, and I know we both have this desire, and we have the desire to pass it on to other people and to get get the same desire from other people is to surround both of ourselves with people who have that same desire to continue to improve in their walk with God, to get closer to God, to grow in wisdom and discernment and in the fruits of the spirit as as a whole. And so I would encourage you the listener and, and even Joe and myself, because we certainly could surround ourselves with more people. You, you, there's never too many godly people you could surround yourself with. There's no, there, there's no limit on that of people who are, are truly devoted to God. And so my encouragement for, for myself, for, for Joe, for all the listeners out there is to as best as you can surround yourself with people who have this same hunger for the word of God and for true wisdom, not just knowledge, not just information about, about life and about worldly solutions, but about true wisdom. And yeah, that can only come from God. Yeah. And to borrow another verse from the, from, in my opinion, the best, I don't want to say the best, my favorite at this time book in the Bible, Proverbs, another Proverbs twenty seven seventeen, as iron sharpens iron. So one person sharpens another. And I, Peter and I are, I feel like we've really, really experienced that here recently. Um, it's so, it, I cannot put into words how important it is for believers to have people, like he was saying, to sharpen them, you know, and, and, and finding somebody who has that true desire, you know, it's just like we we're saying last week, you cannot have apathetic Christians. If, if those people are surrounding you, it's going to be kind of depressing. Mm-hmm. You, you need to find people who are full of life, full of love, that passion, the desire to grow in their relationship with God and, and grow as people too. I mean, that's, that's a side effect of it is you'll grow and, and there's nothing wrong with it, with desiring that, but that's not a means in itself. You know, you need to, you need to desire God first as Matthew six thirty three says, it's been a huge verse in my life recently. Um, seeking first the kingdom of God and he'll add all these things unto you. Um, but seeking him first is so important. And yeah, I, I just echo everything you said. Um, and I, I don't know. I want to close out with a prayer. So is, unless there's anything else you want to say, I would just go ahead and pray for everybody. Yeah. I just wanted to quickly hit home to seek him first, because I feel like something that being transparent and honest, sometimes I can fall into. And one way I combat this is by the first thing I do every morning, read the word of God. You know, as soon as that alarm goes off, Two edges sword. and exactly that's, that's the first thing that I do. Um, you know, I, I, I've created this intention to not even get on my, I mean, the only thing I do to get on my phone is check what the reading plan is for the day. And so I think seek him first is what you said, or seek ye first, the kingdom of God. I feel like, and this is something that I've done before, is I kind of excuse just making, just making time for it as good enough, making time for being in the word and praying as being good enough. And yet sometimes I would say there's not really too many situations where that's not the first thing you can do in the morning. Obviously there are, there's some wiggle room with that. If there's, you know, if you have to wake up real early and get straight to work or something like that, but even in that situation, you can listen to the word. But I think it's, it's so important that that's your first priority. And also, I don't think it's also all about making sure that that's the very first thing you do that that for me that helps to make sure it's for in the forefront of my mind but it's it's something that i can continue to improve on i i can't speak for joe but i'm sure he would you know i'm sure you would would agree joe that it's something that maybe you could work on even as well um but it, it is really truly making god first and not just being like, oh, okay, I, I spend some time during the day. I even do it, you know, early first thing in the morning. And then that's my, ch- you know, check in the box for the day. Yeah. But it's truly keeping that at the forefront of your mind. You know, meditate, meditate on, I think it's meditate on my word, you know, day and night. Um, I'm probably, I'm not quoting that word for word, I know. But just that, that idea of, you know, meditate on my words 
day and night. And that's, I think that's to hit that home. Seek, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Make, make that your first priority and wisdom will, will come your way. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I would acknowledge and agree, you know, it's something we always need to work on. Um, but, you know, as, as you go on your walk and, and really structure your life around what's important to you, I do think that, um, you know, you'll see improvement and you should see improvement and, and notice that all your ways and your desires are turning for toward him. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just a massive blessing. It's, it's our purpose. Um, and <laughs> it's just such a, it's so good and cool to, to know why you're on this earth. And that's why, I mean, we'll never get tired of making this podcast or content for True North or whatever it is, because that's, that's our desire is to instill that, you know, faith and, um, just life changing knowledge to all who are willing to listen. Yep. So with that, um, I'm going to go ahead and close this out in a prayer. Cool. Yep. Dear Lord, thank you for another opportunity with Peter to make a True North Talk episode, Lord. I pray that anybody who's listening to this, to this episode would um, hear it with open open ears and open hearts and take to heart what we're saying and speaking about, Lord. We're, we're speaking about your word, which is very penetrating and, and sharp, but also life-giving and, and peace-giving. I pray that our listeners would seek wisdom and discernment and, and understanding and patience and... Um, I just pray that that we would all exemplify those qualities in our lives, um, no matter the scenario. And I pray that we, our fears would leave us. We don't need worldly approval, Lord. All we need is your approval and your spirit within us. And pray that um, maybe that this episode, Lord, would speak directly to somebody that listen that is listening to it today, Lord. All these things I pray, in Jesus' name, Amen. And Lord, I just want to add um, to just. This lift up this request that we all would have the the heart of Solomon, even with the, with the imperfections that he had, like all of us have as as sinners. When he was given the opportunity, Lord, to ask one thing of you, he could have asked for riches, he could have asked for women, he could have asked for worldly possessions, and just all sorts of success as the world measures it, Lord. But instead, he asked for true, godly wisdom. Lord, may that be the desire of mine and Joe's hearts and of everybody listening to this podcast episode, that we wouldn't desire what the world provides, which is fleeting and here today and gone tomorrow, but instead we would pursue and desire a true wisdom that only really comes, Lord, from a relationship and a strong, firm connection with you and with surrounding ourselves with people who are like-minded and who seek the same the same godly wisdom in their lives. And so as Joe said, Lord, I just thank you for, for another great episode. I pray that, that you would be uplifted by this podcast episode, by the podcast as a whole, and that whoever needed to, to hear this message, that you would really pierce, pierce their heart and their mind with, with this message today. Um, and not, not for mine or Joe's honor, Lord, but for, for God's, for yours alone. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for all listening. If you made it this far in the episode, episode 36 is in the books. If you guys can take a few seconds and share this episode with somebody who needs to hear it and like and rate our podcast on Apple or Spotify, whichever you listen to. And with that being said, we will see everybody in episode 37. Peace out. God bless.